The following account is entirely factual and not exaggerated in any way. Dear Diary, Today I was forcibly removed from church, but I swear it's not my fault. I was sitting with Matthew Pierce and all of the other homeschool crew when, wow, the worship was really, really moving me. The worship leader, the way she sang, the way she moved, it was, it was doing something to me. But then we all started singing the chorus, and the words, they just flowed so freely. You came. I knew that you would come. Yes, you came, and my heart woke up. I'm not ashamed, it's in my face. I'm alive because you came. I knew that you would come. I was I was just enthralled by the worship, the singing, the the movement. And before I knew it, my clothes were off. <laughs> I was gyrating wildly in front of the stage. Now you would think that's the end of the story. You would hope. <laughs> but as they tried to drag me out, their hands slipped because the peanut butter on my body <laughs> slid off onto their, well, fingers. Why was I covered in peanut butter? Some would say it was an act of God. Some would say it manifested on my body. Some would also say that it was left over from the youth event the night before. One of those is true. I'll let you decide which. I barked a couple times to try to maintain the authenticity of the situation. I'd seen Caleb do it hundreds of times before. But no, they didn't listen. They dragged me out, screaming. I caught Ryan Johnson winking at Glendon from across the aisle. Oh, and I caught Charlene staring at me while I was being dragged out. I think she likes me. The end. Why do you do this? Um, Sarah, I want you to know that the first 10 minutes of every episode of this podcast is purely for Noah and nobody else. Man, that was long. I spoke for two and a half minutes straight there. That was beefy. You know, I have to say that was impressive, but also I'm questioning saying yes to being can, on your podcast can i explain a little bit of that though please okay uh, the, I, I would, the song <laughs> the lyrics to that song those are real lyrics i didn't make that up no i it's it's that's yeah, it's a, a real song. song yeah that word for word i didn't even i didn't even exaggerate i've never thought of it in that context though until you welcomed here's the it thing. here's the thing noah only thinks about worship songs in that context yeah and i don't know uh, why okay you, you have lyrics that go, you came, I knew that you would come, and they're talking about faces, I'm sorry, but that's just too blatant. <laughs> no, I think you need to bring a psychologist onto the show to um, to analyze Honestly, why. <laughs> Noah just needs a lot of therapy. I mean, yeah, but don't we all? I'm impressed that you memorized that whole thing, though. I'll give you that much. <laughs> well, the song is stupidly catchy, and even though I haven't heard it in like two years, it still gets stuck in my head. But 
Yeah, I know the whole thing. Some of that was prepped. Some of that I ad-libbed, like the peanut butter part. That that really took it over the top, I think, personally. <laughs> I forgot about the... I was going to add something about a couple, like, running around the church screaming, but I forgot. You know, that's what happens. Because today we're talking about the charismatic movement, and we have a guest. There we go. Every every time Noah does one of those, it kind of becomes like Mother by Darren Aronofsky, where it starts off normal and just slowly descends off the rails until it's chaos. Um, yeah, except it's like filtered through Noah, so it's all weirdly sexual. I resent that fact and counter that I'm no more weirdly sexual than Aronofsky himself. <laughs> <laughs> this is how the podcast goes. Okay, we have a guest we've got to introduce. We have a guest for once. Do you want to introduce or do you want me to? You do it. Okay. Today on the podcast, well, we're out of the bedroom, by the way. We are out of the bedroom. We're in, like we're in what I... I we're, wow, everything about this so far is not what I expected. But. We're in what I call the kink room. Yikes. That's also not true. It is entire. This is, this is when we talked previously about people having too much fun in public at the university. This is the room we were referring to. I have nothing to say. It's called wow. a prayer room, but it really isn't used for much prayer. I mean, unless you consider that a form of prayer, which it could be. Um, point is, we do have a guest, though, and that's why we're in this room. We couldn't just record in Glendon's bedroom. We could. It would just be different. Um, today we have with us someone who has never listened to the podcast before, so didn't know what she was in for. You can tell she's never listened because she said yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We forgive her, though, because she's currently working basically an, an almost full-time job, but not quite full-time. Yep. Um, while finishing university and planning a wedding, which is a lot to do in, like, you know, a year. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to give her full name because I didn't ask about that earlier and I forgot. Do I know her full name? No, no, but whether she wants to be publicly known to be on the podcast. No, it's okay. You can say Nobody my full listens. full name. Okay, we have Sarah Fenn today on the podcast. Give a round of applause. Wow. I'm both You're very welcome. excited and now incredibly um, afraid to yeah. be here. You should be. After the first, like, 15 minutes, it becomes mostly all right. We're already seven minutes in. That kind of disturbs me. This is your this is your monster. You did this. Yeah, I did. <laughs> this is all planned. Okay, today we're talking about the charismatic movement. And also I'm still kind of sick, so if I cough, I'm sorry. I'll try to edit it out cuz that's what I do. <laughs> um yes, today we're talking about charismaticism with a charismaticism? Yeah, charismaticism. Is that not what it is? I don't is? think that's right. Yeah, it is. Charismatic I don't know. I don't actually Charismaticism. Know. Whatever. The charismatic movement. Whatever you <laughs> want to call it. I'm pretty sure charismaticism is fine. It's basically the other half of the evangelical coin. Um, sure. I mean, the evangelical coin is a lot of parts to it. It's more of okay, an true. evangelical, like, die. Or, yeah. I mean, yeah, fair. Um, Glendon's currently eating cookie dough. I just want to point that out. Sarah I mean, so was- am I. Are you done your cookie dough? No. Okay. We didn't bring Noah any. Yeah. I saw you stop at the cookie dough truck. <laughs> did you watch us stop? Yeah, I did. I even uh, thought about getting is... you one, but... Did you really? I, I like... 
we, we were walking past. I'm very tired, by the way, because I have a presentation tomorrow that's not finished yet. Um, anyway, uh, we were walking, and Sarah was like, hey, you want to get cookie dough? And I was like, sure, I guess. And then we got cookie dough. Um, and then I didn't think to get you any. Apparently, Sarah did. I just thought she'd think I was shady if I asked for two, you know? That's, to be honest I here. honestly think he would have. That's fair, but you you also did kind of say you might bring chicken. Last I did. Week. I even tried to, but Was it didn't. Chicken? I was going to. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, friends. Next time. <laughs> it's okay. I found out there is like a yum yum chicken in Airdrie. There you go. So you gotta yeah. go to it. It's so good. I didn't even know that was a thing. For anyone listening on the podcast, yum yum chicken in Calgary is the place to go. Mm. There you go. That's the recommendation of the day. We're going off topic already, which is great. Charismatic is. movement. Last time we talked about the evangelical movement and purity culture. This week, yeah. we're talking about the charismatic movement and, well, everything associated with that, which is kind of a mess. <laughs> we're going to go on a variety of topics, but luckily, Sarah is a, well, you're, you are a pastor, right? Is it like officially or unofficially? Unofficial. I don't know. Whatever you want to call they me. They can't make it official because she's a woman. Oh my gosh. That is not true. <laughs> I mean, oh my I mean word. maybe if we were talking about a Southern Baptist church or something. <laughs> I feel like the charismatic church is pretty leaned on that. I might be wrong, though. It depends on the charismatic church. I mean, yeah, the, when you think of the big charismatic churches, though, yeah. Because, yeah. like, I know the Nazarene church doesn't care, and they shouldn't, because it's a dumb rule. Um, mm. Well, that depends on the Nazarene church, also. Most of the Nazarene church doesn't care. Like, they have nothing. They, they've accepted women pastors since their, like, inception. You sure about that? I, I am sure. I have friends who are in the Nazarene, and they're like, yeah, nobody cares. We're not talking about the Nazarenes okay. today. Anyway, I, I work at a charismatic church. Yeah, and maybe, I work with I mean, youth. Yeah, give okay. yourself give an introduction to yourself. That's good. Yeah, um Yeah. We don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah, this is a very close topic to my heart as the church where I became a Christian hmm. was a charismatic church and um grew up in it now i work there um as the youth pastor slash director it's not because i'm a woman it's just because i don't have an official biblical schooling thing mm. yet to wow. tie to my name or um any sort of membership with the denomination or whatever so uh, i work with youth and i go to that church and uh that's that's me um is there anything else you want to say um not to introduce myself particularly i'm i'm sure i'll have lots to add as we go on okay so this all started because glendon sent me a message saying he was upset and wanted to rant so here's here's your opportunity should i just tell the story yeah so as just as a preamble um when noah told me he was putting this podcast together he was like yeah we're gonna get sarah on and i don't know if he specified which sarah he meant and so i assumed sarah like sarah joy um, which was a mistake on my part because you guys aren't on speaking terms. Um, <laughs> and so I think the next day, next day or like two days after, I was in the commuter lounge and the two of you were there. And I just, Noah was like, hey, the podcast is going to happen. And you were curious about stuff. And so I just started talking about things. And then halfway through, I was like, oh, wait, this is this is the Sarah that's going to be on the podcast. Maybe I shouldn't spoil my entire hand. Oh. Um 
I don't think I said too much though. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I said the punchiest thing, but so so if Sarah doesn't sound suitably shocked, that that's why. I've been pre-told. Pre-told. Um, man, I'm gonna try not fall asleep this podcast. That's my goal for today. Um, so yeah. Okay, Glendon's drinking something. It could be alcohol, but I can't verify. Oh, I hope it is. I've got a story about that if we want. I bet you do. So, um, you're you're familiar with the Carry the Love event. Yes. So the Carry the Love event is something... I think this is the second time it's happened at Ambrose. You should also tell who the sponsors it. Uh, who does? I don't know who sponsors it. I think it's... Is it a YWAM? I think it's YWAM or Cape and Ray or something yeah. like that. Because, um, yeah, like the what, the person who brought it to Ambrose was like associated with I think YWAM and like I don't want to just blanket this on YWAM or Carry the Love or anything um I think there are valuable parts of those and I'm sure we'll get to all of that um this is a story about my specific interaction with this event in this year so last year I went um and it was like just okay it was I think I think the thing that struck me the most is I wound up feeling like it was like a youth convention. Um, it was kind of it was at Ambrose, and there's a lot of Ambrose students there, but there are also like high school students or not Ambrose students at the very least, and it felt more catered to them. And so I walked out being like, "Well, that was interesting." <clears throat> and there's a lot of like mostly just stuff I wasn't expecting because I wasn't ready for like a big charismatic event, and so there'd be like. Yo, um, anyone here with like a sports injury? And I'm like, that's a really generic call out, but sure, okay. Um, and so they do like a lot of those sorts of things and like a, b- a bunch of prayer stuff and like worship, which I remember being fairly generic. But then, like, I think the message was good from what I remember, and I went and experienced God in some fashion. And then, so I was like, okay, this wasn't what I was expecting. I was initially disappointed but like whatever and so this year i was like going through a bunch of stuff um i've i've like talked a little bit previously on the podcast Ooh, a statement of faith it is why wham because that's what i thought um talked like previously on the podcast about like a little bit of how crazy this year has been and like a lot of discovery of self and like formation of identity and so i was like Maybe not at a low point, but I was definitely at a point where I was like, hey, there's this event. It was February 14th, the the epi- the, the the day the last episode came out. It's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day. Um, that's not why I was at a low point. I was, I was fine. Um, <laughs> I don't think it was related anyway. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was like, hey, there's going to be this event. It's going to be not what I expect, but like God will be present, so I want to show up. Um, and wound up being very discouraged. Because, yeah, I went in, I sat at the back, because I was like, I'll maybe stay for, like, a couple songs and then leave. And I went with a buddy, and I was like, if I hadn't gone with a friend, I probably would have just left. But I was like, you're still here, and you're still into this, so I'm going to, like, try and stick this out. Because, um, yeah, it started, the worship was, like, again, just okay. Um, and, <laughs> which is, like, whatever. Um, and then it 
Sorry. It didn't it didn't move you to strip naked? No, it didn't move me to strip naked or cover myself with peanut butter or I've whatever. never heard of anyone other than you, Noah, to yeah. be moved that yeah. way. <laughs> um So Yeah, and so like we're going and stuff's happening and then they they do a lot of the same thing. It's like, hey, anybody here with a sports injury? And I'm like I'm I don't know. I guess I get very skeptical at that sort of thing. And so I'm like, this is very generic. This doesn't seem like in my brain, at least, I'm like, I don't know if this is, like, a movement of the spirit thing or just you're listing generic injuries. Yeah, so there's this thing in the charismatic movement where basically if someone will receive almost, they call it a word. Right. Or some kind of, a, like, a premonition that someone in the room has some kind of, like either trauma, injury, something that needs to be healed. And so they'll basically proclaim on stage, like some one of you here has this, you're going to be healed today, come forward, blah, blah, blah. Um, typically, it's really, really general like that. Like it's a sports injury or someone is uh, is dealing with marriage troubles yeah. or it's typically pretty general like that so that they're not too specific to like you know, m- not have anybody come forward. So then typically someone will come forward and then there's a whole thing with it. So just to give some background. Yeah. And so, yeah, like so, someone's dealing with cancer in their family or something like yeah, that. Exactly. Um, and I, I think part of it too is like, I had so much like emotional, psychological, mental stuff going on. It was like, okay, hey, this is all like physical injury that we can just like pray for. And like, I've seen stuff happen and that's cool. But I'm like, I think part of what I had was I was like, I have so much going on in my life and I know it won't be fixed today. Um, I don't know if it should be fixed today. Cause like you need to like actually process through and work through all of that. Um, and I bring this up because <clears throat> the message started up and the message was very much, um, it was this dude, it was this guy who was like 20 years old, um, which would be fine except they had like almost a, cult around him it was very strange like he would just quote scripture or say very generic phrases like jesus loves you or like you need to do something about your sin and everyone would be like go get him sage get him hit him Woo! and i was like what is, what is happening it was very loud um <laughs> i was just very caught off guard because i was like if, if if you just and i don't know I was just not used to it, but also it was like he isn't saying anything of substance. Why are you obsessed with this guy? And like someone came up afterwards and was like anyone can be like Sage. Sage isn't anyone special. I'm like I know he's just a kid. What are you talking about? Um, um but yeah, and his message his message was a lot of like you have faith or you have unbelief. Um and if you don't have faith, you have unbelief. If you aren't you know, strong enough to move mountains. You don't believe enough. Um, and we're here to kill unbelief. And yeah. And, and like, no one, no one is going to leave this room struggling with unbelief. Everyone's going to have full faith. And the way it was framed, first of all, felt like a lot of like guilt and shame culture of, of like, if you don't end this night on fire for your Lord and savior, Jesus Christ in the year of our Lord, 2020, um you're just a bad christian Hmm. and that was like i don't like this um but also just like 
I think I mean like 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 you said like that's a duality that there's just faith and unbelief. I feel like the way especially our faith works is it's a lot more fluid than that and like there are seasons of doubt and there are seasons of struggling and whatever and that's important for you to come to like greater faith. In other words, faith and doubt or unbelief are not enemies. They're not in opposition. They're they're not in dualities. They they're both essential to each other. You can't have faith without doubt or unbelief. But as we'll discuss, there's not a whole lot of room for gray in the charismatic movement oftentimes. But but the way it was framed was like if you don't have full on faith, you're you're a bad Christian and we're gonna help you make sure that doesn't happen. And I was like, that's just not gonna happen. I'm not gonna leave this room not struggling with life. Um and I think to a degree it just became spite of like I, I I don't want to leave this room not struggling because screw you, um, which is not a healthy way to process life, but still. Um, and so like that was that was disturbing to me for a little bit. Um, and then kind of that message ended and there's like a second shorter message. I don't remember anything about that. It was better. Um, I think it was about like love or something like that. I don't remember would hope so given the name yeah carrie carrie yeah anyway so then like transitioned back into worship and i kind of like sat in the back and contemplated stuff because like okay i this isn't what i expected this isn't what i wanted but i still came to experience god i'm gonna stay here i'm gonna i'm gonna figure this out um i'm not gonna just get mad and leave because it's not what i'm used to <clears throat> and so i stayed in the back and like kind of contemplated through stuff as worship was going and then in this time this guy came and sat down beside me and he was like hey man and i was like hi or whatever i don't remember what i said i said hello my name is glendon frank what can that's not what i said um <laughs> full name full name um i know that's not what i said um because he was like hey can i pray for you uh or something like that and i was like yeah sure um, I, th- I think he asked me my name and I had to repeat it three times because the music was too loud. Um, not that the, the music being loud is a problem, but just like, this is the, the framework that we're in. The music's loud. He can barely hear me. Um, and he's like, Hey, can I pray for you? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he's like, what can I pray for you about? And I think probably about this point I get emotional cause I get emotional easily and I start like crying or whatever. And it's, like, it's hard to talk already when you're, like, in tears. Plus, the music's really loud. But also, I'm, like, I have this entire background of, like, um, like isolation and abandonment and, like, mental health and all these different things that I've been working on for, like, the past year and all this other stuff. And so I'm, like, I, I look at him and I'm, like, I don't even know how to put into words what I need prayer for. Like, I don't, I don't know how to convey to you what I'm working through saying this under tears and loud music. And he looks at me and says, well, if you don't tell me, then I can't pray for you. Which I was like, what? Um, Cause Romans eight is a thing. Um, the spirit will, will move through wordless groans, but um, also faith just in general. Anyway, So, anyway, I I was like, what? And he's like, I 
if you don't tell me what you need prayer for, I can't pray for you. Um, so I'm going to sit here uh, until I, I'm either going to sit here until you tell me what to pray for, or I'm going to have to leave. Do you want me to stay or do you want me to leave? And I like didn't answer because I was like, I want you to pray for me. I don't want to say go away because like I want somebody present in this time. Um, and so I just kind of sat like that for a couple minutes. And then he's like, all right, uh, I'm going to leave. But like, don't leave this room without like coming and talking to me or like um, talking to somebody. Uh, we're, we're here. We love you, bro. And then he left. And I was like, okay screw you a little bit um so then the event ended and i was very very discouraged um i wound up just kind of going down to like the 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 res basement and yelling at god for a bit and eventually coming to a point of like like lord forgive them for they know not what they're doing like these people are like they have the best intentions um this this man had the best intentions, they just, or he at least clearly does not know how to convey that, apparently. Um, and then, yeah, went upstairs, ranted to, like, some people, and then got, like, people to actually pray for me, and that was good. Um, so, that was my prolonged story of what happened Valentine's Day 2020. Um, yeah, and I don't, I don't think that's, like, um, I don't, I don't think that's an example. I don't think that should be held as an example of the entire, um, charismatic movement. Um, and not even like the worst of the charismatic movement even, cause like things get s- sketchier than that. But it's just like some of the, ex- like some of the encounters that I've had, I've been very like, I don't want to say that one was a little damaging, but it's like it, you, you, you get on, on this level of like. I don't know. I'm going to stop talking. Okay. I, I don't know what you were going to say at the end. There. I don't know what I was going to say at the end. I'm half awake. Okay. So, Sarah, care to respond? <laughs> I'm I'm a moderator now. Yeah. I, uh... I, it makes me sad when... Mm. When, you know, even, you know knowing your story at the beginning as much of a joke as it was it, it makes me sad that you know I think of this um documentary I watched in Bible college my one year at a charismatic Bible college we watched a documentary called uh, Marjo have you guys heard of it mm. it's about this kid who their his parents literally named him Marjo meaning Mary Joseph and um, he was essentially in this like abusive home mm. that was grooming him to become mm. this like charismatic, evangelist going from different churches to and you know it kind of follows his story of him being like i don't even believe in this this is garbage but i go to these churches to make money and you know you see him praying for people and people falling over and like all that and it's it's kind of meant to expose the charismatic movement and uh that was hard to see as someone who grew up in a charismatic church because um you know it, it causes you to question like how much is being motivated by emotion versus mm. what's being motivated by yeah. the spirit. But I think like to paint kind of Glennon, like what you were saying, the entire charismatic yeah. movement with a paintbrush to say that it's all, you know, which is what you said. And I, th- I think um, something I really learned from uh, the chaplain here at Ambrose University, mm. Terry Faw, was um, 
the the beauty when we see the good in the charismatic movement yeah. versus the marrying the good that's in like the Alliance Church or the Nazarene Church or you know these other evangelical movements um, can be really cool and I I really learned that with Terry where mm. something personally I struggled with was kind of what you were talking about earlier too like as a worship leader <laughs> you know to what point am I being just unintentional with my worship because right. I'm standing on this I'm going to be spontaneous when in reality it's just laziness Mm. to be honest and that was something I had to come to in my own faith and that Terry really challenged me on in terms of like what does it mean to be intentional to actually write out a prayer to actually think through your worship Sarah Mm. and um but at the same time I would never want to lose that spontaneity so right you know it's I think it's a balance and it's exactly like what you said and this is what we were saying when we got into it in the commuter's lounge. Yeah. Like, you know, I, as a, working with youth, like there's times where they just say like, sir, I can't talk to you. And I, I have to just trust that if I pray for them, that the Lord's still going to move. Exactly. Even if I don't have the words. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. Like, I think I think there's a lot of beauty in the idea of the charismatic movement. And I think we're seeing... Maybe I just... I'm thinking of our friend group. But I think we're seeing a lot of, like, greater desire for kind of, like, the mystery of the gospel mm. in, in our generation where we've grown up with a very kind of, like, westernized, um, platonic, philosophical conception of faith. And more and more people are like give me, give me the mystery of the gospel. Give me like the the more like Eastern influences and the more like what the heck is going on behind all of this. And I think right. the charismatic movement does a really good job at like accessing a lot of that in a way that a lot of the rest of evangelicalism kind of doesn't because it's very, I don't know, surface level, but like intellectually surface level. Um, I guess I don't know. I the way I come from it. I mean, I had I had a friend who I'm still friends with. She's great. I love her. Um very very charismatic person to the point where I was like at one point um I remember being like, "Yeah, I have a tree nut allergy." And she's like, "Glenn, do you have a tree nut allergy? I'm going to pray for you and ask God that he takes your tree nut allergy away." And I'm like, "That's really sweet of you and I I appreciate the intent, but like why there's no point in that um and so i guess like that's that's kind of where i get frustrated is i i guess partly because of like the the platonic intellectualism of faith sometimes i just get very skeptical of stuff where i'm like kind of like what you're talking about like with like the convention attitude of like um anybody have insert vague illness here that we can pray for and i'm like is this a movement of the spirit or is this just not necessarily a display but like i don't know i i I think you know what i mean i don't know if you have anything to add to that noah i mean i have a lot that i could say about this given that i outside of sarah i have the most experience in charismatic church Mm -hmm. so um, but I wanted to give both of you time to speak because I'm more on the outside of this now, so it's not as personal for me. So 
But I can say that, like, while evangelicalism fails because of its need to be intellectually um, certain, mm. um, the charismatic movement can fail because mm. they're so unintellectual sometimes that reason can sometimes be thrown out the window, at least from my experience. Mm. Um, there's such an emphasis on faith that it becomes a dichotomy, like we've said, between faith and unbelief or faith and whatnot, that it's almost like while evangelicalism is is intellectual certitude, charismaticism is like, what would you call spiritual certitude? Mm. Or like faith certitude? Like faith becomes is equivalent to certitude. Right. So it's almost, again, like I'm trying to say, two two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to say something. Yeah, I just... Um, you were talking about that, the documentary, and the thing that reminded me of was I had, um, I had a friend who did like a research paper or something on Billy Graham and just, um, I feel like, I don't know how charismatic Billy Graham was, but I guess like all of those kind of like big style has like some rooted in charismatic movements. I have no idea. That could be completely wrong. Um, but I just know like a lot of his study was focusing on like Billy Graham's family and just the effect that his uh, ministry had on like his children. Cause he was just never around and um, just the damage that the, that did to them growing up. And it's just interesting how again, like there, there's good and bad about Billy Graham. Um, and that could be an entire different podcast, but it's interesting to see like the 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 subtleties of where these sort of things succeed, and I think there is places where they succeed. Like I don't want to come into this being like the charismatic church sucks because I don't think that. Um, but there's also clear, just like with any denomination, there's clear damage that's been done as well, which is like kind of I guess what this podcast wants to talk about. And I think like the question that the church has to ask itself, not just the charismatic church, not just the evangelical church, but like the capital C church is like, what is it that we are rooted in at the end of the day? And I think that's where like in my, cause like I've very much involved in charismatic stuff in terms of my church, in terms of ministries Mm -hmm. I've worked with in the summer and things like that. And where I've seen things get off the rails is um, like the thing that came to my head as you were talking, Glendon is the, the Bible college I went to their, their slogan, so to speak was, to know the scripture and the power of God. And that was something that they really drove home into us was Mm. that if you are only doing one without Mm. the other, then you're missing half of what we're trying to do with you. So if all that you're operating in is trying to see, you know, miracles and crazy things and and just diving so deep in the spiritual, but you haven't taken any time to know your theology, Mm -hmm. any time to know your scripture, then you're missing the entire basis of who Jesus is, which is what it's about at the end of the day. In the same way that if, you know, I I think of um, cessationists who Mm -hmm. say, you know, the spirit doesn't move. There's, there's no, you know, nothing, just the scripture. That's what, then I think you're missing a huge part of what it means to that Jesus gave us the spirit, right? Mm -hmm. That he said, here is your advocate and your helper. And I think um, that's a, yeah, I just think that's such a huge problem when those two get broken apart from each other um, is when you start to get into these weird territories on either side. Um, Yeah. Um, 
to kind of jump off of that, it's interesting because I think you you both kind of mentioned this, that charismaticism does a really good job of embracing mystery mm-hmm. and that openness and that, um, yeah, that spiritual kind of like experience that, for example, evangelicalism or, you know, the Baptist church or whatever, they wouldn't be as open to it. There's more, it's more of a movement towards, yeah, you're right, Eastern spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, of of mystery, but at the same time, I've always found it interesting, at least in my experience, that while they are open to that um, that mystery, that um, spirituality, it has to be a certain way, and everybody has to experience it the same way for it to be valid. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I found in my church. If you weren't um, dancing in front of the stage, mm-hmm. you weren't experiencing god the way that you should be experiencing god if you weren't on stage and being super into it and moving around and like screaming and shouting while you're singing whatever and whatnot you weren't experiencing god the way you should be experiencing god right um and i could expand that to any kind of example so while there is like definitely an openness to mystery they still fall into that um damaging um category of making spirituality be one thing that has to be experienced in a certain way and while there are a variety of things for example like speaking in tongues being slain in the spirit running around the church shouting and experiencing god or stripping naked in front of the stage (laughs) that might just be you (laughs) noah (laughs) but there like there are a variety of accepted ways but you almost have to do those ways to be seen as properly experiencing god or as adequately experiencing god Mm. i would say um so i think in some ways um sarah you mentioned this that it becomes so focused on the miracles themselves or on the displays themselves that it loses the the spirituality behind it Mm -hmm. um and it just becomes a display instead of authentic because if you're not displaying those things if you're not doing those things you're not experiencing god right or you're not actually experiencing god at all um Mm -hmm. like i had a friend who recently went to i almost have two examples i have two different friends who went to two different churches i know it's shocking (laughs) oof um one went to the bethel supernatural school service in reading and one went to a charismatic service in calgary actually and the one who went to reading (laughs) <laughs> experienced well, dog barking like people barking like a dog which is why i threw that into the story because it's a legitimate thing in charismatic churches i'm not quite sure what the reasoning behind that is i don't know if you have any insight i haven't experienced that in my <laughs> charismatic circles but yeah. i've heard of it as well and so like barking and you know the typical speaking in tongues running around etc so four things laying in the spirit but then when the pastor came up to speak apparently it was a student pastor who had been drunk in the spirit for six weeks and so when she spoke it was like gibberish basically and she was like stumbling around and basically acting drunk but it was drunk in the spirit and i i'm like huh like that's fascinating um but then in calgary more like drunk on the spirits am i right (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty good and then in calgary i had a friend who went to a charismatic church and everybody else is kind of like being slain in the spirit, falling down, speaking in tongues, et cetera, and so forth. And he's standing there and he gets pointed at to do something. Like what happens is a pastor will point at you 
and you're supposed to like fall down and be slain in the spirit basically mm. at least from what i understand i have that's one i haven't experienced but and he just stood there and he's like I, i'm not like i don't i don't know what i'm doing right now and and it's and it becomes a really awkward thing because he doesn't experience spirituality in that same way right so um it's just there like i said there's this weird openness to certain things but you almost have to do it in that way and you have to be open to that way or else you're not experiencing god and that kind of becomes uh you know it's can be problematic because then you have people who well they lose their faith or they experience doubt or whatnot um which is good actually you know it's a beneficial thing Mm. (laughs) but it's bad to make people feel shame when they're just experiencing god or spirituality in a way that is different or maybe more quiet and less outspoken or less like showy than some other people like you can experience god in different ways and while i love like the emphasis on the body and the goodness of well i don't know about that but at least bodily experience in the charismatic movement it takes spirituality and makes it material and bodily which is something that's missing in a lot of churches um that's a great thing and i love that but it becomes such an emphasis on having to do it that certain way that you lose sight of what's behind it and you start to almost like idolize or or exalt whatever term you want to use the the showy aspect of it or the experiencing of miracles or so on and so forth instead of the actual like spirituality rooted behind it i don't know i don't know if that comes across well it makes me think of uh the scripture for first corinthians 12 yeah where it talks about the gifts of spirit and i pulled it up where uh in verse 8 it says to one there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom to another a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by that Mm. one spirit so i think you are on to something there noah where there has to be again i just i feel like i'm preaching balance right now in this conversation but where i think if we just are scared of and I'm not saying you are, but scared of seeing those things or whatever, then we miss the opportunity for it. But mm-hmm. if we're not careful to understand that, yeah, it's it's not, the experience won't be one and the same in the same way that, you know, that Jesus didn't talk to all of the disciples the same way and the yeah. same thing that we're in personal relationship with him, that then the gifts of the spirit would be given to different people. So I, I do agree with you there that there can mm-hmm. be a harm when it said like you have not experienced the spirit if you haven't experienced yeah. it in this way. And so, you know, presenting those things and welcoming that, but not necessitating it, I think mm-hmm. is a different, there's a difference there. Mm-hmm. And first Corinthians is a really good rule book in that sense, because so much of first Corinthians, especially in that section is about like the, there's no like prime real estate of the Holy Spirit. Like the Holy Spirit looks completely different for everyone. And there's no gift that is better than the other ones. Like speaking in tongues isn't better than anything else. Um, but it's also like not less, not necessarily less valued than anything else. So long as like, it's understandable to some degree and there's like translation and everything. And it's not just for show, I guess. Like, that's kind of, like, the big thing that First Corinthians talks about is, like, this should be done for the edification of the congregation and for the edification of, like, non-believers. It shouldn't just be um, a display. And so I think, yeah, it's about balance. It's about what are what are we doing this for? 
are we doing this for a congregation for Jesus or for, for other reasons? And I don't, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I, I liked what you said about like the school motto of, you know, there should be scripture, but there should also be an understanding of God's power. If you don't have both, you're dramatically missing out on something. And it's interesting because I feel like Noah, especially, and maybe to degree myself, have seen very kind of like, I don't know, I don't want to say like, like very fringe, I guess, sections of the charismatic church. Like, Noah looks very confused. I just, I, 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 because I, the sense that I get is that you have like a very firmly rooted, firmly established church where it's charismatic, but like, why, I don't know why Noah's shaking his head. You you don't think Sarah Sarah's oh, church? Sarah's I'm thinking Sarah's <laughs> church. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. I'm saying like, because I think it becomes very easy to have like negative experiences with like a church and be like, this is the exemplar of the charismatic church, as opposed to like this is like a far gone section of the charismatic church, and not like the church proper where it's like everything is actually ordered and everything actually makes sense. Um. And I think I'm I'm tired. I feel like I'm not conveying thoughts properly. <laughs> um, I, I was even thinking like, okay, well maybe maybe um, it's just easier to go wrong in the charismatic church. But I don't even think that's true because like we talked last episode all about purity culture and all about like the damage that a bunch of like um, more reformed evangelicals. I don't know what the other word to use would be. Um, but yeah, like less charismatic charismatic sections were would have where it's like there's still damage. It's just a different type of damage, and it displays itself differently. Um, all of the church can be harmful. It's just we need to to again balance ourselves properly. Yeah. And if we're not balanced, then like things are going to go wrong. Well, and even as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, what comes right after First Corinthians twelve? What comes right after the gifts? Yeah. First Corinthians yeah. thirteen, which yeah. is if none of this even matters, yeah. if it's not motivated by love. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, even thinking of your two stories, Glendon, what versus with the tree nut girl versus this, <laughs> this experience you had with this guy, like what's really the difference between those two situations yeah. is that the girl had friendship had invested in you. Mm-hmm. And so even though it was something that you weren't totally sure of, there was still more acceptance of, hey, I understand where you're coming from, mm-hmm. and I love you still. Mm-hmm. Because where she was coming from was not motivated by, I'm trying to get an emotional reaction out of you and a good story for right. the end of the night. I'm not trying to say what that mm-hmm. guy was trying to do by praying for you, but there's a huge difference in the church when we feel right. when something's motivated for, yeah, a show, or for some theological, intellectual display right you can do it on both sides versus what's motivated by love you know anyway yeah i was but my experience with the charismatic movement has been more like mainstream mainstream charismatic Mm -hmm. just to kind of riff off of what glennon was saying um like it's an alliance church that became charismatic so it's not like we're on the fringes or we were on the fringes. Um, it was very mainstream, taking after Bethel and Hillsong, which are two of the biggest mainstream, like, right. charismatic churches in, in the world. So this is not, like, my experience has not been very fringe. And one thing I found is that the most damaging aspect of the charismatic movement is that you 
like I said before, you get this duality between unbelief and faith. And this is what Glendon was talking about as well. But what happens is that you become so afraid of unbelief Mm. that even the mere mention of something like, oh, I might be sick or, oh, I'm having a bad day or, oh, I'm feeling depressed today. Mm. It's like, oh, no, you're putting that spirit over you. Got to be careful. Don't talk like that because they're so terrified of going against faith or just like speaking truthfully and or faithfully all the time and never having any doubt and it's rooted in fear mm-hmm. and then you end up into the word of, or word of faith movement mm-hmm. where if you don't have enough faith then you're not healed or if you don't have enough faith then right. bad things will happen to you and the charismatic movement is perhaps more um, susceptible to that mm-hmm. because of its emphasis on like such a strong emphasis on that form of faith right that's necessary for like if you don't have enough faith there won't miracles won't happen basically right. you want to have enough faith um for for miracles to happen it's actually the other half of that song i sang at the beginning of the podcast <laughs> like you are a miracle working god and if you don't have enough faith god won't perform the miracles and i know glennon wants to talk but i have <laughs> I, I need to i need to finish my thought or else i'm gonna forget it um if it becomes incredibly damaging when you begin dealing with the LGBTQ community or um, the disabled community. And these are people that will not, it doesn't matter how much faith they have in being healed. It's part of who they are. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. But oftentimes, and I'm going to call it the charismatic movement, especially even though and certain it's in evangelical and Baptist churches as well. It's not solely the charismatic movement here, but because of their emphasis on faith healing, it becomes a a movement that's rooted in shame where LGBTQ people feel like they just don't have enough faith or they're not good enough or they're not worthy because they aren't healed uh, of what is considered a sin when in reality they are beautiful as they are. And that's similar for disabled people. I do like, while you're right, everything needs to be rooted in love. A hundred percent. I agree. I feel like oftentimes it's so rooted in, the faith and in the miracles and in the the showiness that you do lose that love. And that's why, and Glennon's right, this is a problem in every denomination, but it's just charismaticism in particular seems to be doing the most damage mm-hmm. um, in that regard, especially with conversion therapy. I mean, Bethel is still a proponent of conversion therapy and they preach about it. And that's troubling. If not like, worse so that just needs to be said and also it harms poor people because they think that they're poor because they don't have enough faith which is a big problem and not right at all Mm -hmm. again shame is bad i think and you kind of set this up for me already but i i do think that issue with not being comfortable with doubt is something that is universal in the christian faith Mm. um and I think it's something that, especially in this generation, we need to talk more about because, um, like, on the flip side, with um, strong conservative Baptist movements or whatever, you have hardcore literalism um, where people are like, hey, um, if you doubt even an iota of this being absolute historical truth, you are, you're not a good Christian. And people run into, like, science and whatever, and they say, wait, this doesn't line up. And then they fall away from the faith because they're like, well, I can't reconcile these things. So I think doubt 
it's just kind of a universal problem that we need to work through and be like, hey, people in the Bible had doubt all the time. Um, like Moses sucked for a majority of his leadership because he was just frustrated with himself, um, didn't believe in himself, didn't believe in his people, whatever. Um, so yeah, I think I think doubt is like a universal thing that we need to work through. Um, it's interesting that you brought up conversion therapy because um, I think I saw an article... I, I saw an article and then I saw a post from a guy who um, I met a couple summers ago and had basically introduced himself as like, hey, I used to be gay and I'm not anymore. And I'm like, that's skeptical. Um, and now I saw a post where was like, yeah, conversion therapy doesn't work. It's not functional. Um, the church tried to convince me that I wasn't gay. They were wrong. I am gay. This is who I am. This is fine. Um, and so it, it, it's, in, it's just interesting to me because I was the only person I'd seen who was like, this guy seems to think it works. I'm skeptical, but like, even he was like, actually, this is just deceit and shame. And this was only like destructive for me and my faith. This wasn't actually constructive at all. So it's, it's, that is definitely an aspect that we need to break. Um, what else was going to say? I liked your point. Readers or readers, listeners who aren't aware, Noah and I are swapping a mic back and forth, which is why this <laughs> may seem really stilted. Um, apologies for that. But yeah, um, Sarah, you were talking about how kind of like hardcore intellectualism is almost like the opposite, like the the flip side of the coin of like the hardcore spiritualism that like can push people away. And I think that's really interesting because I know a couple of people who are like severely burned by the charismatic church in one way or another. And so as a result leaned hardcore into intellectualism and hardcore into like doctrine and whatever and if you don't have proper doctrine then you're a bad christian and you don't believe properly and it's interesting i i definitely agree but i hadn't thought about it that way it's like that is kind of like the flip side of essentially the same problem Mm -hmm. of you're just shaming people for not having that intellectual side as much as like the charismatic church can shame people for not having the spiritual side um I I wonder what they would say to that sort of thing, but it's interesting because I think about it a lot where like I enjoy having deep discussions about how the North American church definitely should lean more into like a proper understanding of scripture and that's really like healthy and constructive. But then I think of the church in China and how it's like they just straight up don't have time to worry about that sort of thing because Mm -hmm. they're on death's door every day and they have more faith than I do. So... Mm-hmm. that's the sort of thing that you have to deal with well and just to speak to kind of noah's point um of well i guess you both have kind of made this point this like if you don't have enough faith then <laughs> what's wrong with you basically mm. and i think that's something i've really been contending with mm. as like a as a youth pastor in a charismatic church because one of the biggest things I face with my kids on a weekly basis is mental health issues. Yeah. And I have seen it be damaging when people Mm. are just like, Hey, just pray and it'll be okay. (laughs) But at the same time, I've seen it be equally damaging. Honestly, when people are like, Oh no, this shouldn't have anything to do with your faith. And so I think like that's something I've really had to come to is like, how do I meet these kids in their like struggle and in when it's hard and say like, Hey, I see you and I see what you're going through. And yeah, I don't just diminish what you're going through to a faith problem because there's a real thing here. And let's, let's explore what, Mm. you know, 
where, what we can do for you in terms of therapy or maybe medication or like things that might help you in terms of that. Like, let's not <laughs> diminish that, but at the same time, let's not leave Jesus out of the equation Yeah. in that thing. And I think that's really, I mean, again, I just feel like I'm saying the same message over in different <laughs> ways, but it's something I'm really just trying to learn as someone who's working with people coming up in the next generation. And, you know, even as you guys were talking about the LGBTQ issues, like something that I've been so impressed with with my kids is this, I'm getting to bring it back to my last point is like, what does it mean to be motivated by love? And that the kids keep asking themselves that. And like, how do we welcome people into understanding who God is before we hit them with all the intellectual doctrine and theology or all of the crazy out there spiritual things how do we honestly just welcome people into this is who our jesus is and this is why we believe it despite what the church is going to do how do we welcome people into that so i mean that wasn't really a a point that i made other than just that's something that i'm struggling with i guess myself is like Mm -hmm. how do i walk that line and and how do i find that balance for people and we are coming close to the end of our time and I feel like me and Glendon probably talked more than we needed to, <laughs> considering we had a guest on. So, I want to do some, like, rapid-fire questions. I, I, I want to make one quick point, and then, okay. Um, I tried. You tried, and you failed. <laughs> I think, um, just on kind of, like, the point that you were talking about with, like, where does, like, faith and mental illness kind of come together, something... Something that I always think about is uh, not a sermon, but just kind of like a talking point that someone had. I don't even know how to describe it. Anyway, um, one of the things I talked about was like the difference between hope and expectation Hmm. and expectation essentially being hopes with teeth. And I think I think that can be instructive just in the sense of like if you want to like pray over someone's mental illness and pray over someone's like struggle and fight with mental illness and like enter Jesus into that conversation. That's great don't let that be an expectation of healing um, as much as just like a hope of I don't know just like the the, the continuing the continuing battle the continuing struggle um, and it just just letting that be like a kind of like what you said an ongoing conversation rather than just like we're gonna pray and your mental illness is gonna go away like those are those are very different things mm-hmm. but at the same time yeah we should be entering Christ into those situations because that is like a daily struggle and Jesus deserves to be a part of that as much as anything else. Yes, faith won't make your mental illness go away. Okay, done. (laughs) I was really uh, pressed for time at this point, so I, I was trying to get Sarah some talk, some more talking time because she had to go really soon. So that's why I kind of brushed off Glendon's point there. But what he said was actually really, really good, especially since one of the key talking points of the charismatic movement is that you need to have this expectation of miracles happening or else they won't happen. Like you have to expect it. It's not enough to just have hope. So I really appreciated what Glendon said there about having hope and that you don't need to have that um, expectation because that will usually only lead to um, shame and uh, further suffering. Um, Sarah, rapid fire questions. What makes you remain, remain in the charismatic movement? What appeals to you? Um, That's a good 
because I still believe in it. And I think that um, as much as there's poor examples of the charismatic movement, as there definitely is, I think um, there's poor examples in any denomination of the church. Mm -hmm. And I think that... um, like, when I look at my church, I feel like that's a place where I can be a light mm-hmm. and that I can contribute something. And so really, um, I feel like no matter what, when people are growing in their faith, in the same way that when kids are trying to learn how to walk, people are going to fall down, things are going to go wrong, and that's the reality of being human. That doesn't mean we should make an excuse for hurting people, but I think I'm willing to be a part of that growing process in a place where I see hope, like exactly what you just mm-hmm. described. Yeah. So you would say there is hope in the charismatic movement? Oh, 100%. I think that, um, yeah, of course, there's problems. And I think going to Ambrose really has opened my eyes to some of that and learning this exactly what I'm talking about in terms of balance. But I think that there is, it doesn't need to be written off for yeah. sure. Mm. If you are to point listeners to one kind of like positive example of charismaticism or like a church or a book, something that... A podcast, sure. Any podcast. something that would that they could um, kind of explore to see a positive um, example of the charismatic movement. Where would you? Oh man, that's a question I hadn't thought about. Um, <laughs> hmm. I actually don't know off the top of my head to be which is really oh, bad. Crap. But <laughs> <laughs> that was me trying to like give a hopeful throw ending. A, throw a bone. Yeah. Honestly, just because I can't think of anything like yes, that's specifically church. charismatic. Yeah, come to my church. Come sure. to good old Calgary Full Gospel. It's a great place, in my opinion. And you've done a lot of good work with the youth there. Yeah. I feel like should be pointed out. Yeah, you I mean, in particular, at least from what you've told me. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I Sarah think Sarah is keeping the church alive. Well, that's definitely not true. <laughs> but um, no, I think there is hope, and I think that um, yeah, there's there's no part of me that says that I want to give up on yeah. the charismatic movement because mm-hmm. I think that there's a a lot of things that partic- in it that particularly the North American church is missing. That's valuable. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, as long yeah. as it's rooted in mm-hmm. Jesus at the end of the day. I like it. I like it. Good answers. Okay. 15-second recommendations from everyone about anything. Knives out. Good. Um, I read a book called uh, Educated by Tara Westover. Probably one of the most important books I'll ever read. Um, it's phenomenal. It's a memoir about growing up in a fundamentalist Mormon church. That's more than 15 seconds. What do you do? And uh, basically read it and enjoy it and embrace her seeing through her eyes the trauma that that is experienced in abusive uh, religion. And also um, it can be motivating because she went to Cambridge and she didn't know K-12 education. And it made me motivated to want to go to Cambridge. Yay. How dare you say 15-second recommendations, then give a two-minute rant. That was like a minute and a half. But anyway, Sarah, go. I've All I've been reading is literary criticism, so I nice. have no good... Give recommendations <laughs> for literary criticism. Phillips yeah. and me. 
<laughs> I have I have not enjoyed what we've read so far, to be honest. So I have no recommendation. No recommendation. <laughs> um... Okay, well, um, there is hope in the charismatic movement. There's an openness towards things that a lot of the church has shut out. That's true. But there just needs to be maybe more balance, balance and care for uh, those who are doubting and not make them feel shame. We need to put the care back in charismatic. <laughs> oh my gosh. I want to say one more thing too, just real quick, Good. and then I really got to go. Yeah. But as like just our whole time, I've been thinking about the carry the love thing to bring it back to the beginning right. of yeah. this. Yeah, it's good. And um, I actually know one of the people who, who was like on that team. Mm-hmm. And it is like, it's so funny because it really is just this whole balancing we've talked about. Because like I've seen this woman just in ministry just loving people well and like having those moments so it's really funny and mm-hmm. true of the church that you can see these two like dichotomies happening at the exact right. same time right. in the same place where it can go so completely wrong mm. and like put you in a state of just like anger <laughs> but where it can also go so completely mm-hmm. right so i think that's a bigger question that we yeah. ask ourselves in the church yeah. is yeah I was really scared that you were going to say that you knew Sage after I like totally oh, no. roasted him. I don't know. I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. And it's interesting because like um, this year, I, I was going to say this, this year more than last year, it was less Amber students and more high school students, which was interesting. There was only like maybe a dozen or so Amber students, if, if not less than that. Um, but you, you did see a lot of high school students there who like maybe like hadn't encountered Christ in that way before. And like we're clearly being like moved and changed and everything right and i was like good for good for these people i'm just very frustrated yeah, right now no, and like totally need to leave um so yeah it, it, it's interesting how like and i think you see that anywhere in the church where like that dichotomy is present and i, I think it goes back to that that point we were we were talking about about like not not universal universalizing like specifics of the church yeah 100%. um of saying like everyone receives christ and views christ in different ways and that's good and valid and we need to celebrate that yeah okay well we've got to stop yeah, yeah. <laughs> glennon, glennon went on a little bit there um i'd respond but sarah has sarah has to go sarah's pictures um we want, i want to thank sarah for being on the podcast um i'm sorry that the two white guys talked for too long <laughs> I tried yeah, my best. I feel really oppressed right now. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I'm sorry for in Sydney when you weren't a pastor because you were a woman. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, thank you for joining, though. We appreciate your insights and for providing a balance to our critiques. <laughs> Finally. The charismatic movement. Hey, it's my pleasure. I don't think there's anything more we need to say, to be honest. I, I don't think so. That was really good. We should we should try having guests on more we often. We need to have guests on more often. I feel like what we need to do in the future is maybe limit what we're saying a little bit more and ask more questions. Maybe. Because asking questions at the end, I feel like, is really good. Yeah. Like, we got some good... I mean, she wasn't ready for the one question, but... Yeah. I um, feel like... I feel like there's nothing wrong in having a conversation. I oh, feel yeah. like we need more mics. Yeah. I That would help. Though I'm glad it did limit you and I to talking at least a little bit. If we both have had a mic, it would have been even more more straight white guys taking over the conversation. Um, so, yes, I'm kind of I'm a little bit sorry that we couldn't get more of Sarah into the conversation, maybe. 
We had too many stories that we wanted to. Do. We we had a lot of stories, and I think just the way this was formatted, yeah, was very panel esque, where it was just kind yeah, of like yeah. one person talks and one person talks. Yeah, which I is good. I kind I kind of like that. Yeah, and I I don't know if that was just she wasn't comfortable in interrupting us. She should. We should. We need to be yeah. interrupted. I wanted to interrupt you all the time. Yeah, I know. I could tell. And I wanted to interrupt you too, but good. like I yeah, I would wish Sarah would have maybe been a bit more. Um, pushy mm-hmm. but anyway it was good it was good good podcast good. welcome to what we originally envisioned this podcast yeah. to be like where it wasn't just us for six episodes it only took yeah six seven episodes yeah <coughs> i'm still dying from a cold thing i'm still tired because i got like seven eight hours of sleep i should feel fine yeah you should feel tired. fine um, are, are you still getting lunch with ethan yeah When's he gonna be here? Uh, he's in the commuter lounge right now. So. Oh, I need to go smack him. So. Okay. Um, what am I? How do we end this thing? Good night, Seattle. So long, Toronto. And eat your vegetables. Eat your green vegetables. And wash your hands, please. Yeah, don't get the virus. COVID nineteen. Um, did you did you see? Weird Al posted the thing on Twitter. He was like, "No, I will not be doing my Corona." No, and don't buy Corona beer. Yeah. Buy vodka. Buy straight vodka. Don't drink water. Yep. Uh, 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 goodbye. So long, Toronto. Goodbye, Toronto. Get naked.